With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Well, hello, Friar Faithful. It's another episode of the Oppo on 30 podcast. We are in between series where we are a week into the Padres 2021 season. We find them at four and three. Andy Bishop here with you alongside Brian Vilvin and Lacey Yonke. Brian, how you doing this week, my friend? I'm good, Andy. Uh, you know, it would have been nice to have a little W heading into what seems like forever between games when you have a Wednesday afternoon game and then don't play again until Friday night. Uh, gives you know a little little sour taste in your mouth heading into that 48 hours without baseball which is about the longest stretch we'll have all year but uh, overall feeling good still feeling really good about the squad but yeah a little uh little down after that game yesterday yeah i hear you man lacy you've been traveling all over the place you're doing a little spring training action catching a couple padres games last week you're you're back up in northern california now huh i am i'm back up in in Northern California, close to close to Giants territory, actually. So I'll be here for the next um, eight weeks or so, and then hopefully back in the summertime, back at Peco at some at some point in June. Yeah, good stuff. Those, those Giants gave us a, a tough, tight series. That is for sure. So I mentioned that the Padres are, are four and three, right? So they they won their first three games. We're look we're looking at a possible sweep against the Diamondbacks. And they lose two of three uh, against the Giants. So they've lost three of their last four. Brian, there's so many things we can look at. Obviously, the Tatis injury, we'll get into that shortly. Uh, but I, I want to ask you, how do you see this four and three start? Because there's a, a lot of different ways you could you could look at it. Man, it's so tough. This is, this is the thing about baseball that uh, is one of the most unique parts about it. It's a really cool part about it, but it's also like the worst thing about baseball is that we've had seven games so far, but if you look at that um, and then try to compare it to like the other sports that we take in, if you look at the NFL, uh, this is the equivalent of not having even played a single game in an NFL season or in basketball, it's the first three games of the season. And I've never watched an NBA season. And, and after three games been like, Oh my gosh, I know one thing, or I know, you know, one way or the other, any information. Um, and in like college basketball, another sport that here in San Diego, we pay a lot of attention to, this would be the equivalent of one game. So after one game for San Diego State, they had played UCLA and they beat UCLA. At the end of that game, if you had told me one of these teams is going to the final four and the other team is going to lose in the first round of the tournament, I would have never told you that UCLA is a final four team and that San Diego State was going to lose in the first round. It would be exactly the opposite. So uh, it's just the fact that we've had a week and they played every single day just makes you look overthink everything. And we want this immediate gratification. There's Twitter, you know, you're just refreshing the feed all the time. Um, I'm trying to stay off as much as possible over the next 24 hours, just so that I don't get caught up in all the, the madness on there. Um, of course, I would like to be five and two right now. 
you go into a series against the Giants and you're throwing Snell and Darvish in two of those games, you got to think you're going to win the series. Um, so yeah, four and three, I would have loved for it to be five and two. They hit a lot of really hard balls, um, out hit their opponents in uh, almost every single game. And the pitching was really solid, like incredibly solid. So I would have, if I had looked at the stats and all the information, I would have thought that the pods would, uh, would have won more than four games, but you know, we're not looking at one and six or two and five. We're not the Oakland A's right now. At that point, I'd kind of be freaking out, but, uh, yeah, four and three, it's just kind of whatever. It's so early. I've seen a lot of things that I really like. Um, that I'll stop there for now. <laughs> yeah, I, I think with the overall play, like you said, Brian, you kind of feel like five and two would have been the most realistic mark for the, the overall play for the team. But hey, even if you go four and three in every seven day stretch, uh, at the end of the day, that would be like a 92-93 win season, which generally will get you in the playoffs. Obviously, Brian, we're looking to get to that 100 mark. Uh, but but again, yeah, it's only one week. Lacey, I know you just wrote a great piece with your work on uh, Last Word on Sports, kind of with a rundown of the, the first week. Um, what's your perspective on this? I'm, I'm pretty similar to Brian, just in the fact that obviously, you know, it's so early. There's 155 more games left. Um, and, you know, we started out hot. We started out great 3-0. First time um, we've done that in a while. The, you know, offensive production was insanely high. I scored 19 runs in those first four games. And then, you know, in the last um, three, th- in the last four games, I guess, the offense has just kind of gone cold. Defense has been, has make, making a lot of mistakes as well. Um, so I think I, I'm, I'm, I'm still trying to, you know, kind of not get in my head and, and maintain an overall optimistic um, attitude considering, you know, our best player is, is out for the next 10 days or so. Um, so I have a fairly, fairly optimistic um, attitude, but I'm, I'm playing a little devil, devil's advocate and just knowing that, you know, this is probably not the team that the Padres were expecting to put out in the first homestand. It's probably not, um, you know, the way they wanted to go, obviously sitting at five and two would have been better, but um, you know, overall, solid, solid efforts in the first homestand. I think, um, you know, a lot of people, not just fans um, and writers in the media, but, you know, it seems like the whole staff just watching some of those press conferences and everything. And even the players seems like they're, they're hungry for, for more. So hopefully this next, this next road, um, these next road trips kind of go a little bit better. Some karma maybe goes our way a little bit. Yeah, definitely a lack of timely hitting at times. And I mean, hey, you had that home run off of Mateo's glove in center field that, you know, if two inches, you know, in a different direction, he catches that and that saves uh, a run. But, um, well, this is the topic we got to hit. This podcast is named Oppo on 3-0 because Fernando Tatis goes big and sometimes he swings a little too hard and let's us figure out what a shoulder subluxation is. I don't even know if I'm saying that right. (laughs) All I know, I don't mean to get political, but I'm definitely anti subluxation. Uh, no, I don't know, Brian, were you, were you, uh, watching the game live when it happened? I was. Yeah. And I was also, uh, I was texting with uh, a friend of ours, uh, Finbar, who was at the game and he knew I was watching and he just texted and said, you want to stop watching? And I, the Padres were up. Fernando Tatis was at the plate and I knew that that meant something bad. I thought he was going to get hit by a pitch like in the the helmet or something. Um, 
I, yeah, I knew it was bad. I knew it wasn't like he strikes out because that's not, that's just whatever. Um, so I watched for about 30 seconds and the delay on the feed is, uh, it's kind of intense. A lot of people have been complaining about that on Twitter, but I just sat there like, what's about to happen? What's about to happen? And then when it happened, uh, from that point, I became the one giving him the information because in the stadium, you know, they don't know what happened. They just see him walk off the field and everyone's freaking out. Um, so it was really, it was alarming. Um, you start hearing people and you start seeing the, the doctors write stuff and say, oh, I've seen things like this before. And it's looking like it'll be six to eight weeks recovery or, oh, he's going to have surgery and be out for the whole year. And so you start picturing the rest of the season without him and the next two months without him, or, uh, you picture, you know, a scenario where he plays through it and injures it even more. Like all the worst case scenarios go through your mind. And that's kind of what was happening with me. I was trying to look up everything I could on subluxation, like you're saying. And the moment that report came out, it was like, okay, well, what? I know that's a dislocated shoulder, but we don't know what type of severity. And, um, Again, just like the 24-hour news cycle, you want to know everything right away, and he hadn't even been to get his MRI yet. And instead, we're already trying to picture what the next six months are going to look like. Um, yeah, so it was it was just a lot of a lot of questions, very few answers, and a lot of googling, and kind of like when you freak yourself out on WebMD, <laughs> like, <laughs> oh my gosh, I coughed, I, I'm going to die. Um, I was doing that with, uh, with shoulder subluxations and Fernando Tatis. So that was what my experience was like. The game became very secondary at that point. Yeah. I, um, I was at work. I, yeah, I was at work and, you know, I'm kind of always checking the scores and checking Twitter and yeah, obviously Twitter just goes ablaze with something like that and people popping off and getting all scared and whatnot. Um, and then man, when you go back and watch it just makes you cringe as a Padres fan, uh, Lacey, were you, were you watching it all or, or what was your, uh, experience like with the injury? I was watching it on my phone simultaneously watching the, um, Baylor Gonzaga, um, championship game. And I immediately tuned out of that game and was glued to Twitter for the next hour or so. Um, my experience was on, I, I felt a physical reaction myself when I, when I saw that, um, replay back on mlb.com or something i kind of just it was kind of like a, a a little bit like a car crash like i couldn't stop watching that that swing that um that he had and my stomach was just um sort of in the pits i was pretty bummed out um for the rest of the night and even the next day waking up um sort of like oh the, you know i can't believe that that happened uh yesterday so um i'm still honestly a little a little shocked um that it's that it's even a, a major storyline right now even it's still, it just doesn't feel, it doesn't feel real. Five games into the season, star player goes out. I don't, I don't really know what to think yet. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously we planned on having depth uh, across the roster and not necessarily expecting it to, to, uh, you know, be required this soon, but, but here we are. And, you know, we have the options with Kim and um, a couple of the other reserves, Marcano and Mateo. Uh, obviously with Grisham coming back, you know, that slots fam into left field and then, you know, Profar can play around the field, you know, play at a second base if, if he's needed there. So uh, we, we see that I'll, I'll go back to the pitching staff as well here, Brian. Uh, and the reason I said it felt like we should be better than four and three is because we have a 1.97 team ERA that's second across major league baseball. 
So I think if you see that over a week span with this Padres offense, you're, you're going to generally have better results than four and three. What stood out to you the most about our pitching staff, Brian? Oh, the staff has been so good. Um, the one, I mean, I guess on one hand, we have a lot of guys who can strike players out. So there's a ton of strikeouts. The games go a little longer. The pitch counts go up. Um, but yeah, every single guy we brought out there, it just feels like our pitcher is going to win the battle at the plate. Um, no matter what, I mean, I guess as long as it wasn't Marte, um, I hope he's okay by the way with his injury, but he just lights up Padre pitching. Everybody else, I felt like our pitcher was in the driver's seat in every single at bat over the course of those seven games. Um, and then I just, you know, you're watching and you're hoping for a little bit of offense because the way those guys are pitching, uh, it just, they deserved a little bit better results. And the fielding, you know, in 2019, it was a little bit suspect. In 2020, it was really good. Our defense was awesome. Uh, and then in this homestand, there were a lot of moments where you're watching just like, oh my gosh, a, a ground ball just gets duffed. And then it turns into 15 extra pitches to get out of the inning. And most of the times the pitchers were responding and getting out of those jams. But, uh, you know, a ton of unearned runs and pitchers still just battling back and getting through it. Uh, I thought the pitching staff was unbelievable and they set the tone for the rest of the year. I think the defense will pick it up. I think the offense will pick it up but the pitching staff is already right there and uh, as advertised um, dealing with some injuries. So we'll get some more guys back, but everybody they threw out there was really dominant. The entire, uh, the entire pitching staff. Yeah, man, you mentioned the, uh, the length of games. Uh, Lacey and I were at uh, the second game of the season uh, against the diamondbacks. It was the uh, Snell's first start. Uh, and <laughs> I looked down at my watch, it's in like the bottom of the sixth inning and it was 10 o'clock. So it already been three hours. <laughs> it ended up being three hours and 53 minutes, I think. Uh, but we got, we got to see, you know, Snell and, and a mix of that bullpen. So, uh, that was a lot of fun, but Lacey talk to me about Melanson and kind of the, the rest of that staff that's in, uh, the later innings of a game. Yeah, I think. That's that's what stood out to me as far as the pitching staff so far. The the seven, eight, nine guys have just been lights out. I mean, anytime you hand one of those guys the ball, I feel fairly confident that, you know, we're gonna we're gonna get the outs that we need to to sort of close out those games. And unfortunately, like Brian said, our offense our offense hasn't been uh helping much in that in that regard. Um, but you know, we didn't really know who the closer was gonna be. Obviously, Melanson's got three saves now. Seems like he's He's going to be given the ball in that role for a little while at least. But um, Weathers was kind of a, a big storyline. Um, Ryan Weathers came out and shut out in that Joe, after Joe Musgrove's start, that, those three innings. Um, he could be a, you know, a great use there too. Obviously, Kella. Um, and then some of the other, other guys that sometimes I have a little hard time getting around, um, Tim Hill. I think, he's, I think he's good. I think he's been impressive so far, but um, he seems a little bit shakier. But – um, obviously, you know, Drew Pomeranz, um, Kella Melanson, Emilio Pagan, that sort of closer by committee seems like, you know, something that the Padres are going to keep rolling with. Um, but yeah, like, like Brian said, the bullpen has just been lights out, um, which is very encouraging to see. I hope that continues. Um, and obviously the starters have been doing their job. It's just, you know, we got to get the defense, um, to be a little bit sharper, got to get the offense rolling. 
got to get, you know, more runs across the board because then, you know, those starters are feeling like they can go a little bit deeper into, into games and get those pitch counts a little lower. So, um, you know, overall, very solid, but the bullpen has been a major storyline um, that's just been very dominant so far this season. Yeah, the, uh, the bullpen ERA right around the uh, one mark. You said it, Weathers, Pagan, Pomeranz, Lanson, Kella, all haven't given up a run. All five of those guys haven't given up a run. It's mostly been Tim Hill and uh, my man, Craig Stammen. He's that guy in our bullpen that's so good, and you just leave him in one hitter too long, and he surrenders a home run. That's basically his scouting report his entire career. <laughs> Sorry to say. I love him, though. I know. He, he looked so good for – 20 minutes yeah. <laughs> and then he had two bad minutes, but yeah, that was encouraging. I also was curious about weathers if they were only going to use him in, uh, in long situations, but then yesterday they brought him in for just that one inning. Um, I thought, you know, maybe they're going to bring him in and have him pitch the rest of the way, give everybody a break leading into the off day. But, uh, he came in and had another solid single inning outing that time. Um, so I am interested to see what they do with Weathers moving forward because I thought maybe they're having him go, you know, three innings each time out so that he could still be potentially a starter if they needed it. Um, but man, if he's going to be dominant like that, man, you got him and then Morahone. If he, if Lamette comes back and Morahone slots back into like a longer relief type role, and you got both of those guys, wow, yeah, it just. Uh, the future <laughs> so bright the, the, the immediate is so bright with those guys so that was uh that was really cool to see yeah uh brian you mentioned lamette and we don't have a definitive answer as to when he's going to return uh you know we've heard late april early may possibly i know you tweeted something out i want to say about him possibly returning as early as the dodgers series next week Correct me if I'm wrong, but I thought I saw. What, the yeah, seal. so it, it would just the way the uh, the way the staff lines up the uh, the starting rotation. Uh, the number five starter would be the first starter of the Dodger series. Um, we've got seven more games coming up, so we've got three, four, five, one, two, three, four, five, um, and then yeah, five would be the. So I guess you know at this point it would be Morahone going against the Dodgers in game number one, which I'd be totally fine with, but if Lamette was coming back healthy uh, and they've talked about a potential, you know, mid to late April return, you could have theoretically Lamette start that Friday game against the Dodgers and then go Darvish Snell. So you go Lamette Darvish and Snell in that series against the Dodgers. Now I don't know that the team is thinking about it like, Oh, this series is all important and it's going to make or break the year the way we are. So I look at that and I'm like, oh my gosh, that's the game where it would be 10 days for Tatis. So on Friday night against the Dodgers, Tatis could make his valiant return to the lineup and Lamette could start and shove. Uh, you know, that's the way I draw it up. <laughs> I'm also not uh, AJ Preller and Jace Tingler. And I'm more thinking from the fan perspective and how awesome that would be if, uh, if Tatis was back and Lamette was starting, followed by the, uh, the two new horses. But you know, either way, I think we're, we're still in good position. Yeah, that would be legit. Um, I think he started the season on a 15 day injured list, if I'm not mistaken. So that would slot him to return April 16th. And I, I believe in his last outing, it was three innings. He threw 36 pitches. 
So we've already seen a, a pitch or a pitches limit on some of our other starters like Snell and Darvish, 85, 90, right in that range. So maybe if you were to return for that game, you say, hey, we're going to let you throw 70 to 75 pitches. And whether that's three innings of work or five innings of work, we're going to do it. So that'd probably be the best case scenario in my mind. Um, I just from the different things I've read, though, I feel like they're going to delay it a little bit further, especially it being such a such a long season and this. Uh, you know, this story of us acting like we're, we're going to be something in uh, October. So, you know, definitely being patient with things. Lacey, uh, what, what are you looking for in this road trip, right? So the, the Padres got three against the Rangers uh, and then four against the Pirates, kind of an unusual road trip that we don't normally see. But uh, what's one thing that uh, you're looking for on the road trip? Good question. I think, so I think this Tatis injury kind of knocked the the wind out of the Padres sails a little bit seemed like in that you know definitely in Monday night's game once he once he went out of the game it seemed like the offense kind of shut down a little bit and um I you know we've scored in the last four games we've scored eight runs but in the first three games we scored 19 runs so I think um I think the maybe the reality of the Tatis's injury for the next week or so 10 days um week or so might have settled in a little bit maybe the offense um, can sort of come to terms a little bit with that uh, sort of current reality of not having him in the lineup. And, you know, we, we, as you said, Andy, we've built this, this depth for a reason. And we have guys that can step up um, those six, seven, eight, nine guys, you know, stepped up in the first three games of the series when Tatis and Machado weren't hitting very well. So um, if we can kind of turn the, turn the page a little bit and get back to that level of offensive production, um, that's sort of what I'm looking for. I think this team is so deep at the plate. We have such good plate discipline. We know how to hit pitches in the zone, lay off pitches that aren't in the zone. Um, that's been a major theme the whole year too. So I think if we can get back to where we were in those first three games where, you know, Hosmer stays hot, Cronenworth, um, you know, stays, stays disciplined at the plate. Well, Myers has had a great year so far. Um, see some more offensive production from those, from those guys. I think that's, that would be that would be key to this next homes this next road trip stand. Yeah, you mentioned Will Myers. Will Myers tied Adrian Gonzalez for the most home runs at Petco Park uh, this week, fifty-seven. Uh, so credit to Will Myers, uh, Brian. I, I want to ask you this because I I didn't really get to see a whole lot of the Giant series. I was mostly working. Um, got a freaking fly right here. Um, <laughs> So I will say when I do work, I'm interacting with people a lot. I do have a Bluetooth in one ear and I'm listening to games acting like I'm interested <laughs> in what people are saying, but really interested in what's happening in the Padres games. Uh, so I didn't really watch it, Brian. What was up with the hitting? I know there was a lot of hard hit balls where guys maybe not being as patient at the plate as we saw in some of the earlier games. What was going on? Uh, that That's part of it, but I think mostly it's just uh... – there was a lack of timely hitting. There was a lot of hitting um, yesterday's game, I guess, aside. But um, in the first two games of the series, the pods were getting a ton of hits. They just weren't getting hits with two outs and runners in scoring position like they did really well last year and like they were doing in that Arizona series. So that's something I'm looking forward to on this road trip is if they'll get a little more timely hitting um, from guys they were getting some clutch hitting and like, you know, Victor Caratini comes up again with a, a huge home run uh, in their victory. 
Will Myers with a big one yesterday. Um, and, you know, across the lineup, guys were making good contact. Tommy Pham hit about five warning track balls. Uh, so that, I think at some point, those become home runs or, you know, hard-driven balls right at somebody uh, where the defense just makes a play. So I think it wasn't so much that they weren't hitting at all. It's more that they weren't getting the timely hitting. And in baseball, that's such a huge factor. Uh, hitting with either two outs and runners in scoring position or just stacking hits. Um, so they'd get, you know, a hit and a walk and an inning, and then the inning's over. Um, so that's something, yeah, that's that's the biggest thing I'm going to look for offensively with this road trip is how the timely hitting is and how the pods hit with two outs and runners on. Yeah, good, good insight there, Brian. All right, we're rolling along here on the Oppo on 3 podcast. Andy Bishop, Brian Vilvin, Lacey Yonke. Well, my friends, I was toying with the idea last week on our podcast of heading out to Texas to watch our pods take on the Rangers. And, well, I decided to pull the trigger per your guys' advice. Per your guys' advice. So uh, just listening to the experts. Uh, So I'm flying out tomorrow, get into – uh, Dallas about noon. Uh, I, I'm probably only going to two of the games, maybe f- definitely Friday night and then either Saturday night or Sunday afternoon, probably not all three, unless I don't know. I, I emailed the Rangers for a media credential, but that's probably not going to happen. We'll see. Fingers crossed. Uh, yeah, Lacey, is there anything you want to see while I'm out there in Texas? I mean, what do the fans want to see? What do the fans want to see? Hmm. Well, Texas fans might be a little different. I haven't seen um, I haven't seen many pictures from that stadium, I, but and I'm sure it's packed, so that could be very uh, very interesting. Um, but I don't know. That's where sort of you know the uh, the Slam Diego was born. So maybe there's uh, some version of that. Um, it would be nice to get sort of that fire going, get build some momentum there. If we if we could see some type of situation where our bases are loaded and Maybe it's Caratini. He's been he's been rolling in the clutch positions. Maybe it's Hosmer. He's been hot too and and very clutch as well. So maybe a potential uh, Slam Diego to sort of light some fire under under us and get the momentum back on our side. Um, that that could probably fire up uh, Padre fans. I could only imagine. Yeah, yeah. I definitely want to just go and sit in the seat where that home run ball landed from Fernando Tatis. <laughs> Where it decapitated the yes. uh, cardboard cutout. <laughs> exactly. So I want to make my way there. Yeah, I don't really plan on sitting a whole lot and just being right up all in other people's faces. Definitely want to <laughs> just walk around the park and get a lot of the different perspectives. As, as you mentioned, Brian, it was it was brand new last year, I think, 2020. Yeah. Um, and it's where, you know, a lot of the playoffs were played. Uh, it's a really cool area. If, if you ever have a chance eventually to go out to Dallas, um, so this is Globe Life Field. It's right next to the ballpark uh, in Arlington, Globe Life Park. Uh, and then it's also within uh, maybe a half mile of the Cowboys Stadium, uh, AT&T Stadium. Uh, so just a really cool complex entertainment area. Probably, you know, maybe not as much going on uh, this year as, as in coming years, but it should be a good time. I don't know, Brian, what, what else? What else do the people want to see? I'm curious uh, to see how many Padre fans there are and how many just casual Padre fans, like people who have become Padre fans in the last two years, like since the Brown happened or, 
they don't really have a team, so they're jumping on the Padre bandwagon. Like this is our first chance to see what the bandwagon looks like, um, especially going into an American League park in Texas, where you would think there's probably not going to be a ton of diehard, lifelong San Diego fans there. So most of the people that are there wearing the brown and gold are going to be more casual fans. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm curious about that. I know. Petco was a sea of brown and gold in the first two series. That's my favorite thing to say. Um, so, yeah, I'm just curious to see what that looks like on the road. Uh, in, in Pittsburgh, there will be a lot of yellow because that's the Pirates colors. But, uh, I'm, I'm, yeah, I want to see what it's like in Globe Life. And I want to see if there's any animosity because there was bad blood between these two teams last year. Um, Tatis's oppo on 3-0 was the first game of four straight games against them. And the Rangers took exception. We were talking to, you know, wondering whether there was going to be retaliation and throwing at people. And, um, they couldn't have any benches clearing altercations last year because of COVID and the, everything was really strict. So I wonder if anything will carry over to this year and if anyone's going to get plunked. Yeah. Yeah. I hear what you guys are saying. Uh, I, I'm just excited to get out there to, uh, capture some cool content. Uh, definitely interested to see a different Padres jersey. What, what maybe uh, interesting Padres jersey I will see. See if uh, anybody can get more creative than Jace Tingler. Uh, I, I saw a um, a Khalil Green jersey um, on Twitter that that was pretty sweet in the new colors. Um, so so it should be a good time. And I think I'm going to take on the twenty six dollar Boomstick hot dog. I'm going to go on a liquid diet for the next 36 hours and see what happens. And, you know, I'm going to see some family too. So that'll be cool. Lacey, your final thoughts on everything we've talked about today. Final thoughts, um, sending prayers up to uh, Fernando Tatis. I, I really hope that um, maybe we get some more information in the coming days on, um, you know, that injury and how, how he's progressing. And hopefully this offense um, gets rolling here. I'm excited to see uh, what they do on the road. It's going to be really fun um, to tune into those games. And like Brian said, some little animosity from the Rangers could be a little exciting. Um, could be could be fun to watch too. So, um, and then also just fired up to watch uh, Joe Musgrove tomorrow night. Um, that could be you know another super exciting game that that I'm looking forward to after his last his last outing. So all in all. Even though we're four and three, maybe a little bit of a rough start um, here to the 2021 campaign, but um, we can only go up. And I'm I'm optimistic for the future. Yeah, absolutely, Brian. Uh, your last word here today. Uh, I see the Pods win in six of the next seven games, so they're either sweeping Texas or sweat, uh, sweeping Pittsburgh. But either way, they're going to win six of seven, and they're going to come into that Dodgers series ten and four. That's the number that they needed to be uh, coming in. That was what I said. You got to be 10 and four after the first 14 games. Cause the schedule, the schedule is never easier than this first 14. So I got them winning six out of the next seven. Boom. Yeah. I like it. I was, I was thinking of you, Brian, as that uh, last game was happening and five and two would have, would have looked a little bit better going into your uh, 10 and four prediction, a little more symmetrical, but Hey, it could be done. We're looking forward to it. The next seven games on the road against the Rangers and pirates. And then it's Dodger time. Can't wait. Brian Lacey, thanks so much for joining me. Always a good time. We'll see you next time on the Oppo on 3.0 podcast.
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.